Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott Ben Anderson with you. The Jazz win over the Suns 97-95. Post game brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Ben, this game was far from pretty, but I do think that there is some value in the Jazz digging down deep and uh, figuring out a way to overcome a little adversity and grit out a W. Jake, I'm always curious how fans take these games. Like When you're going to bed as a Jazz fan and you, you let this adrenaline wear off because you just get that high after a game, especially after a win, do you go to bed happy with what you just saw or, or are you... You'll just take it because it was a victory, but you don't care about the rest of it. Because I think, honestly, these types of wins are the best wins you get all season. Now, it's great when you crush the, the Kings because right. it's easy viewing and it's, 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 it's like watching a, a Michael Bay movie. I mean, it's just popcorn and easy to watch and fun and big offensive explosions. This game was tough and the Jazz faced a ton of adversity and a ton of fouls and you basically couldn't get Mike Conley on the floor from foul trouble and he went 0 for again 0 for 7 in this game and you find out late that you can just out tough opponents and and grit and grind your way to a victory those are so rewarding because they still count as a win in the win column and you go home demoralizing the other team it's just it's such a an important win for a team early in the season. And the coaches can come away with tape to harp on and, and things to fix, and it's it's not like you can rest on it and you can sharpen things up going into the Clipper game. I'm I'm totally with you. I bet most fans go to bed tonight just happy they got the win and wake up grumpy because, oh, it's the Suns. But what you don't realize is you're still 3-1. and one. You didn't play very well. You couldn't be more spot on about Conley. You got nothing from him tonight. Yep. Nothing from him. He was in foul trouble the whole game, couldn't get it into a rhythm. Ricky Rubio, there were some possessions in the in the fourth quarter that were ugly. He got layups yep. and, and Mike Conley really struggled. And part of that, he's got five fouls and he's yep. got to be careful, yep. but you get nothing from the guy who's supposed to be kind of a pillar of this team and you still figure out a way to beat Phoenix, who is better than the Phoenix of the past five years. They're going to, they're not, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they'll beat some teams. They're not unlike Oklahoma City. I mean, it. Th- this was a good win. I'm totally with you. Jake, the Suns are four points away uh, four points away from being 4-0 and on the season with wins over the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Back to Phoenix we go. Coach Schneider talking to the media. Made as many mistakes offensively as we did. Um, you know, we didn't put our heads down after those mistakes and got back and um, really worked to get stops. And when you do that, <clears throat> you put yourself and, you know, you have a chance. And, you know, and then we had some really big plays down the stretch, um, particularly, you know, our defense generated some offense for us late. And then, obviously, you know, Mike had a big bucket um, and Donovan the last play. And and Boyan just steadied us the whole game on the offensive end. How about Rudy Gobert living at the charity stripe tonight, 11 for 12, and really making them pay there? Yeah, it was good to see him, you know, good to see him get there. Um, He he ran into a few people that were in the way when he he was rolling tonight, which, you know, that, that that's hard because I, I don't want him to get undercut or anything like that to happen. So if he's strong, he'll get fouled. How how, uh, how different is it to have a second dynamic offensive presence like Boyan on a night where Donovan shoots nine for twenty four? He's not as efficient as he Yeah, I mean he's going to have nights. Um, he's still figuring it out, and you know he made a play when it counted. But um, certainly, it, you know. Boyan's, you know, he's a weapon offensively, and he's so he's so determined and competitive that um, he makes a lot of plays a lot of different ways. 
when your team does have a quarter like the second where you have 10 turnovers, what are you trying to tell them in the half times and don't, don't, half-time? don't turn the ball over. <laughs> that works. You know, yeah, pass fake, shot fake, be poised, slow down, have spacing. Um, it wasn't one specific play that we were turning over on. We were, you know, and it was well distributed. Um, there were just times we were making passes that weren't there, and um, other times I didn't think we were strong enough. Other times we were in a hurry, trying to make something happen that wasn't there. And so a little bit of everything. And uh, I'm glad our defense kept us in it when it did. And, you know, we were able to right the ship a little bit for, you know, a portion of the game when it counted. Now that you've seen them up close, you know, what, what do you think about the Suns this year, their personality under Monty Williams? Like what makes them kind of difficult to deal with? Well, they, they play hard for one thing. You know, I thought they were physical with us defensively. And, took us out of our, our comfort zone. Um, you know, they're just a competitive group. And it's a credit to Monty, a credit to their, the players on their team. You know, and it's why they've played as well as they have. You know, they're a good team. You're safe to say you took advantage of their inexperience? I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I, maybe they're inexperienced collectively, but I think we are too. You know, there's some guys, and I mean, they got, you know, good NBA players, you know. And, you know, when you have guys that play together and commit to each other you know you become a really good team that's what they are right now we're, we're us, fortunate to get a win can you tell us if that's what you were trying to do on the last play there you had just a few seconds and Donovan took it to the basket I mean that that's something we work on and you know the ball is in his hands and we trust him to make a play and you know in space it's um, and he did you know it's He's been in those situations. He'll continue to be in them. And, you know, for him to be able to get to the foul line, you know, whatever he can do to generate a bucket, um, he's capable of doing. He did it tonight. And um, He's had some of those opportunities. He had a similar situation in the playoffs in Oklahoma City where he went downhill and got fouled. Um, so we trust him to do those things. And um, he, showed us, he showed why tonight. That was Quinn Snyder. The Jazz beat the Suns tonight, 96-95 in Phoenix. We'll continue to break this one down coming up next, but if you're one of our network stations, we'll say goodnight to you. Our next broadcast will be Wednesday night. Jazz take on the Clippers on ESPN. Uh, pre-game coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network will begin at 7, tip-off just after 8 from Vivint Smart Home Arena. For those of you continuing on with us, we'll break this one down on the other side. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It's the Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz Basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out of bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass ball!
Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. 96-95 is your final. The Jazz squeak one out against the Phoenix Suns. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. It's all brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. We will uh, get you some sound from the locker room coming up here shortly as well. Uh, but the Jazz shoot 38% from the field tonight, Ben. 27-71. Uh, they were 10-31 of 31 from three. Uh, they were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 29 points, a red-hot 8 of 13 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. He was a perfect 9 of 9 from the stripe. Go along with 2 assists and 5 rebounds. Uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight, 25 points, 9 of 24 shooting, including those uh, 1 of 2 free throws, which iced the game. Of course, he missed the second one on purpose. And Rudy... 15 points, 18 rebounds. He had a block and a couple of steals. He was 11 of 12 from the line, 2 of 4 from the field. Uh, only made two field goals and yet ended up with 15 points uh, clutch. But we were just chatting off the air with, of course, Adrian, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is really good, and it appears like he is a really good all-around fit with this team. He's still figuring out some switches. You saw it at one point early in the game. He, he blew a switch with Rudy Gobert. He was walking back to the bench and Quinn pulled him along and said hey we, we just switched that because that's not what he's done previously when he was in Indiana he said we switched that but man everything else he does is spot on he's got great hands defensively had a great block on Kelly Oubre if you're watching the game looked fantastic there uh, he gets a lot of steals and gets steals above the free throw line which basically turn into automatic buckets going the other way and then his quick release I mean it's it's Jeff Hornacek like I mean honestly it's Kyle Korver like he catches the ball and it's up in the air as fast as you as he catches it, and that's not something you see from tall guys. Right. You know, Steph has to have that because he's six foot one, and you got to get that shot up so quickly when you're running off screens. He doesn't necessarily have to, but he does it, and it's amazing. And it's just punishing to opposing defenses when the ball goes up that quickly and that accurately. He had what twenty nine points on thirteen shots. Yep, that's insane efficiency. That's I mean, that's amazing. incredible. And he even, uh, in that fourth quarter, tweaked that ankle a little bit, and he stayed out on the floor. I mean, I think we were we were also chatting about this off the air, that, you know, if, if you were wondering where some of the toughness for this Jazz team was going to come, you know, Jay Crowder being not here and that sort of thing. He's tough. Bogdanovich, he's a tough player. He's a lot tougher than I, I, I thought. His, his reputation coming to the Jazz was not who he is. Not at all. No, uh-huh. I, I thought he would be more of a – Kind of a glue fourth guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Just yeah. kind of a guy who would come in and do a lot of what Joe Ingles has done for the Jazz, which is absolutely fantastic. And Joe Ingles is one of the best small forwards in the league. But Boyan Bogdanovich playing like this, I mean, he's demanding the ball early in games and, and getting the Jazz off to hot starts and then hit a bunch of big shots late. When was the last time? I love this number. This is a very David Locke number. Eight three-point attempts and nine free-throw attempts. When was the last time the Jazz had a guy who could do that that's not named Donovan Mitchell? Mm. I mean, honestly, almost double digit from the three-point line and from the free-throw line. Like, a lot of times you get good guys who can get to the free-throw line, but they get there because they can't shoot. Or they shoot, and because they can shoot so well, they never go to the free-throw line because they never put the ball on the floor. But being able to get nine free-throw attempts and eight three-point attempts in one game, I mean, that's just, you know, that's statistical heaven uh, for uh, for the advanced analytics guys. And Boyan Bogdanovich has been... 
I mean, the best free agent signing, I know it's early, but I'm going to stick with this throughout the season. He's going to be the Jazz best free agent signing since Carlos Boozer, Mehmet Okur, and that was a decade and a half ago. I'm t- I'm t- you've, you've put two things in my mind that I'm trying to rack my brain. Certainly the free agent signing, because Mike Conley was a trade, so it doesn't matter how right. well he does. And, uh, I mean, Joe Johnson was another free agent signing, yeah. but, it, I mean— He's far going to exceed that. Yeah. And then as far as uh, as your free throw and, and three-point number, I mean, you'd think maybe Gordon Hayward, but he surprisingly yeah. didn't Hayward. go to the line that much. Hayward though. probably did it late, late in his career, maybe the last year or right. two. Right, because that was something that he really worked on. But that was a big issue for him because he he would he would get fouled or, 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 or flop like he got fouled, and then he would just never get that call. I remember him throwing his arms up in the, in the air when he would drive all the time. So that, that's actually a really interesting point. It, it's amazing that he... He was able to be so efficient and so uh, so effective. It just seems like he's going to be a really great fit from, for this team. Plus, I thought you got a number of, of defensive possessions out of him that were, were very, very good. Speaking of that, I know you tweeted about this in the fourth quarter. Big up to Royce O'Neal. That's what he can do for this uh, for this team. Even on nights three of seven shooting, one of four from three, that's a little bit tough. But he had multiple really great defensive possessions in the fourth quarter that really kept Phoenix from breaking it open too much. Phoenix led by as many as seven. And uh, and the Jazz were able to kind of keep it in check in large part due to Royce O'Neal's defense. Uh, it, it, even late in the game, Quinn Snyder was going offensive, defensive substitutions, getting Royce O'Neal on the floor defensively for Mike Conley. Uh, and that's a smart switch. And if you have the timeouts or the dead balls, and there was just a slew of dead balls oh, tonight, <laughs> it was a brutal game. But Quinn was able to do that. And Royce was just, I mean, forced a turnover against Frank Kaminsky on a switch, got a steal that got the Jazz out into transition, played great ball denial after Devin Booker was really putting the Jazz in tough spots by hitting uh, hitting some big some big jumpers. So, uh, yeah, that was incredible. All right, can we go back to my stat? Please, yes. Eight, eight three-point attempts, nine free throw attempts in Jazz history. It's only been done 21 times. Wow. I mean, this is historic what he's doing. Think of, I mean, that's five, there's what, 10 players a game yep. for the Jazz every game. There's 82 games. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of games or thousands and thousands of games that have been available. It's only happened 21 times. One, two, three, four, five. Only six players have ever done it. That's so Boyan amazing. So Boyan Bogdanovich becomes the seventh player to ever do it. Uh, strangely enough, the last guy who did it was Grayson Allen last year, the final game oh, of yeah, the season. Oh, yeah, against is, the Lakers? Uh, the Clippers. But or yeah, Clippers, it, yeah, that was sorry. an exhibition game. This is why Donovan Mitchell's so awesome. Donovan Mitchell's done it 13 times in his career. Wow, he's really? He's been in the league for, this is his third, third year. year. Mm-hmm. He's played like 160 games in his career. He's done it 13 times. Out of the 21 total. Hayward did it three times. Darren Williams did it once. Mehmet Okur did it once. Daryl Griffith did it once. How about that? Stockton never did it. Hornacek never did it. So that number that Boyan did tonight, I mean, again, that is a ridiculously historic game that, that he's had. You just do not see a lot of players do that. That was very lock-ass. Good pull over there, Ben Anderson. Well done. That's, that's amazing that Donovan's done it that many times. And I wonder how many times he and, and Boyan do it this year alone. I mean, you know, the season being so young, and that's the way things are going. And Donovan is is showing uh, at least a propensity to get to the line more. I mean, he went to the line eight times tonight, only made four of them. And not Donovan's most efficient effort, but still managed to make some really big plays in the fourth quarter, including what do you think of the final play uh, just kind of clearing out and let Donovan go to work. We all kind of thought it was going to be a pick and roll and he just let Donovan go at him. And and by the way, for those of you listening on the radio, I'm I'm not sure I didn't hear Locke's call on it, but it was a foul. It was a foul. It was, it a, was foul. a foul. Yeah, no, I, no doubt and, about it. And I'm glad I I'm glad they called it. I, I hate that, Ben, when people say, well, you can't make that call there. Like a foul is any different in the last five seconds of a game. That drives me nuts. A foul is a foul. Uh, what I loved is that A, 
Donovan stepped up and hit those free throws. Jake, we and you and I have talked about it last year. I'm going to say it was the game right after Christmas. The Jazz were playing the Los Angeles, or not? The, they were playing the Thunder, and Paul George hits a big three late to put them up. Donovan Mitchell goes to the free throw line for a chance to put the Jazz in a spot to tie the game, I think, and send it to overtime. Yeah. And he missed the free throws. And it, those are hard spots to make free throws in, and I know there's less pressure when the game's already tied, and he only has to make one of them, but he sunk the first one and the game was over, and that's what you want from your star player, even when he had had a bad free throw shooting night. Donovan Mitchell, before that point, was just three of six from the free throw line. He'd only made 50% of his free throws, got there, hit the, the first free throw, which essentially won the game with just .4 seconds left, and yeah, missed the last one, so they only had a last second heave. There was a there was a game last year, maybe you or Adrian, uh, who has a better memory than me, can remember exactly what it was, but they were down two, and he missed the first one, and then he tried to miss the second one and actually made the second free throw. I'm almost positive that was the, the Thunder game. Is that the one right I'm talking Christmas. about? Yep. Yeah, or yep. the one you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it just... One of those situations where where he missed that that clutch shot. So uh, that that's a big step for Donovan, and and that's what they that's where they need him. And we talked about it after the the Oklahoma City game. They need him in the fourth quarter to step up and make plays because he is their best offensive weapon, and he's the one who can go out there and create his own shot. And and maybe Bogdanovich can create his a little bit better than we anticipated. But that, Donovan Mitchell is still absolutely your bet, bet, best bet in that scenario. Uh, and, and yeah, he gets downhill, and maybe Boyan Bogdanovich if he doesn't roll his ankle late in the game gets that look but truthfully I want Donovan to have that because 100%. Donovan most games is going to be the Jazz best mismatch against whichever player they put out on him because you basically can't double late in that scenario because you can't give give somebody an open three especially because the Jazz have so many good three point shooters now so you're going to have to go my best defender against your best offensive player and that's what the Suns did and he still I mean he turned Javon Carter around go back and watch that play at one point in between the free throw line and the three-point line, Javon Carter's facing the wrong direction. And <laughs> if you do that, you've probably yeah. won the possession, and then you just have to finish. And luckily, he got the uh, foul call, but but he got to the floor, and, and he got to the rim, I should say, and drew the foul call. And that's just, that that's, that's star evolution. And again, having a bad night, an inefficient night, went back to some of the nights that we had uh, from Donovan last year, and still found a way to get the win by hitting big shots. And that's just, that, that's what superstars do. 96 to 95 is your final coming up around the corner. We're hoping to take you into the locker room, get you some more post-game sound. We'll continue to break this one down as well. It's your Jazz Game Night post-game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jazz victorious over the Phoenix Suns tonight, 96-95. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. And, of course, the day after every Jazz win, Homer away. Little Caesars is giving you a free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free, large, extra-most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. Let's do the uh, points in the paint feature, Ben, and we'll get to uh, folks back down in the locker room coming up here shortly points in the paint brought to you by certa pro painters call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com that's certa with a c we do painting you do life tonight uh points in the paint Jazz uh, outscored by Phoenix tonight really wasn't about points in the paint, Ben. 34-32, both numbers low. That uh, that wasn't as ugly as tonight's game was. That certainly wasn't where it was decided. What was tonight's game about? 
Uh, you said it wasn't about points in the paint. I, was it free throws? It might have just been free throws. You know what? You're right. It might have been. Well, here's your free throw numbers. Jazz 32 of 39, shooting 82.1%. And Phoenix 16 of 23, 69.6. Twice as many free throw makes, 32 to 16. That's what the game was about. That's, that's impressive. But you know what? You get that by driving into the paint and drawing fouls. So that's uh, you know that, that that's trying to get those points in the paint. You ended up burning them at the stripe, but you'll take it. That's uh, that's hard-nosed basketball. Well, and, and correct me if, if I'm wrong here. But that's also Phoenix grabbing Rudy on the rolls and stuff, yep. right? I mean, Rudy going to the line, grabbing, punching, whatever they had to do. To oh stop. goodness, there was some there were some low blows tonight, huh? I mean, one one where Rudy got from Devin Booker, and then what? It had to be a minute, minute and a half later. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, we know Donovan Mitchell grew up in the uh, Mets organization, right? He's got baseball in his blood. That was baseball retribution. That was. I mean, that was a pitcher throwing at the batter, uh, the best batter of the opposing team. I mean, he went right back at Aaron Baines. He did with a shot below the belt. I mean, it, they were both on purpose. Purpose too, uh, both uh, Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. I guess I mean you don't want to see guys do that, and I bet you Donovan Mitchell and uh, and Devin Booker both get twenty five thousand dollars fines tomorrow for it. But uh, I guess you want you want your star player to stand up for his guys, and 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 Donovan Mitchell did it tonight. I guess that's what it was standing yeah, up for standing his up guy. for his guys, yeah. <laughs> protecting someone else's guys. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those sequences where, and and poor Rudy and poor yeah, uh, right. poor Aaron Baines who were just the the unfortunate recipients. <laughs> why, why are you doing this to us? What did I do? You just see Rudy double over, and you go, "Okay, what happened there?" And then they show the replay, and, and you go, "Oh, oh, that's uh, that's uh, what." And the ironic part, or or maybe not ironic, but it took two points off the board for Donovan, who is speaking to the media right now at Phoenix. Let's go there live. Having the mindset of we just got to get stops, you know. I think that's been our whole thing, you know. Obviously, with having the the, uh, the preseason we had, where offense was kind of you know. Uh, Focal point. We really focused. We, I wouldn't say we were focused. We just didn't take pride in that. We, as much pride in it as we do now. Uh, I think that's just been our biggest thing. Defense will travel. You know, I've been saying that for, for three years. Defense travels, and you know everything else will fall into place. Look at Rudy Gobert tonight, living at the charity stripe. 11, 12. Yeah, 11 from the from the free throw line. You know, it's like he was playing against USA again. You know, but uh, I'm just I'm I'm happy for he's 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 a dominant dominant on the boards. You know, took the challenge of playing the popping big, and you know handled it very well. Was able to get into the paint. We were finding them, and you know. He's, he's really composed. What's it like playing with a guy another night like Bogey, you know, to come in big again like he did? Yeah, I, I, was, I just think it's, it's it's great to have a guy, you know, come in and be able to knock shots down and, you know, just be composed. I think we shot, what, 8 of 13 from the field, and he makes it look so easy, you know, and so under control, and there's a lot I can learn from that. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that for me personally, like, it's being able to watch him in game and just realize how he's patient, how he's getting his looks. I think it's really, really important for me to watch. Tonight you guys said it was important to be the aggressor. You close it out at the charity stripe yourself the importance of that and just, you know, the effort that that took for you guys all night long. I think just to the, to the bitter end, you know, Roy's coming, making a play, you know, playing the percentages, you know, Book's obviously a, a great finisher, so we, you know, made him give it up, you know, just being in mean, me, just attacking, just getting downhill, you know, Carter's been a great defender all game, but trying to make a move and get to the free throw line. I didn't really do that much in the second half, but did in the final play. How much is going on to help you tonight? Man, a lot, you know, whether it's, there was one play in specific, specific Specifically that I remember, um, I think it was when he kind of peeled the screen and hit a three, I think about four minutes left, and it was just, you know, it's just like a good feeling being able to give that up, and you'll see it, a guy just confidently knock it down. I think it's, it's um, he's, he's a guy that makes my life a lot easier. And, you know, <clears throat> the biggest thing is, you know, Mike hasn't really played like Mike yet. You know, we're still doing what we're doing. I think once... Once he gets going, you know, and I don't think we're worried, too worried about it. But you look at the, you look at how Bojan's playing, how Rudy's playing, Royce, Joe, how everybody's playing, and then when we add Mike to that, it's gonna be big. 
about the next five? Big test, Clippers-wise? Yeah, we've got, got, a, got, a, got a big test, but for us, it's just continuing to, to work. And, you know, we'll worry about one game at a time, but this was a big, big win, you know, I think for us, just continuing to build, and they're a good team. Possession, you know, was it just plan the whole time to just take it straight and see what happened. Yeah. Just go to the rim. Um, yeah, like I said, he's been aggressive. Uh, Carter's been aggressive the whole night. You know, so just being to go by him and try and finish. You know, um, I would have tried to dunk it if both didn't step up. So that's why I kind of got the layup from. But um, unfortunately, I got fouled. Was it kind of fitting that it ended on a free throw and kind of a physical? Yeah, it was. Um, it was very physical. Like said, they've 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 upgraded since last season for sure. And you know, I think the way the game started to how the game ended was just. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell, and he had a night tonight. Uh, Not his most efficient night, but still 25 points, 9 of 24 shooting, 4 of 8 from uh, from the line. Heard him talking about defending Devin Booker, Ben. Booker tonight, 21 points, 9 of 16 shooting to limit him uh, uh, to that many attempts, only 1 of 3 from 3. And you heard Donovan uh, describe his one three-point make, but that's a a pretty effective job on Phoenix's best player. No, I I thought the Jazz were great. I, I never felt like, with the exception of what maybe a three-play sequence that Devin Booker really was in a spot where he was even going to have a chance to take over the game. And again, we got to tip your hat to, to Royce O'Neal. If you're a Jazz fan, maybe you didn't stay up late for this one or, or, or you didn't get to watch it all and you're just catching us now. If you've got a DVR, go back and just focus in on what Royce O'Neal did in the fourth quarter, specifically against Devin Booker. He was really, really good. And when you can slow down an opposing team's best player and hold them below their their average for the season and he may not be above 21 at this point but I, I bet he is and he certainly was last year he's going to be a guy who finishes the season up around 25 26 points average you keep him four points below his average that's that's a huge win for your team and, and it took him a lot of shots to get there that's a great night and kelly Oubre was seven of 19 so he was obviously struggling a little bit two of eight from three at 18 points but you'd rather have Oubre, you know uh hoisting than devin booker certainly so that that is a, a victory for the jazz defense let's take a look at your uh, the assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah jazz season, Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities. We are driven by you tonight. The jazz, uh, with 19 total assists on 27 makes, they were led by Joe Ingles coming in off the bench with, uh, with five assists. Uh, Royce O'Neal had four assists tonight. Joe, you look at it, uh, Ben, one of six, uh, one of five from three had just three points, but then a typical Joe game who find, uh, finds a way to, affect the game even when the shot's not going down. He had nine boards and five assists. Joe active and certainly contributed to, the, to this win. And again, you've gotten shaky guard play outside of Donovan Mitchell tonight. Mike Conley with foul trouble. Emmanuel Moody had some very good moments. Again, he's really good when he gets downhill and can get to the rim and, and showed that, but also had some stretches where Quinn pulled him uh, with some defensive mistakes or turning the ball over. And you've got to go to old trustworthy Joe Ingles. And, and he showed up and and though he hasn't been getting a ton of shots up and hasn't been getting a ton of open looks like you said he's not letting it affect the rest of his game and that's that's really hard to do for a lot of guys and and good for the Jazz and good for Joe Ingles that he can keep it going. I think Moutier gets a little reckless on offense too he's going to have to dial that back. When he does get going downhill he can has a little trouble decision making. He's got to find the sweet spot between checked out which sometimes it feels like he gets a little lackadaisical because he's not just driving downhill and being reckless where he's just you know playing like a man uh, with his hair on fire he's got to find that sweet spot where he's engaged and aggressive and not reckless and I think that's going to be the key for him and I I bet he gets there I bet Quinn Snyder figures out a way to to get him to sit in that sweet spot and he did have three assists in 17 minutes which which is not bad yep you'll take it I mean you, you, you got the win 
You know, you're, you, it's yeah. hard to nitpick anything you're doing, especially a game like that where because of the number of turnovers, because of the number of fouls, there just was not really a rhythm for anyone to get into, and, and nobody did. 96-95 to 95 is your final. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show coming up on the other side. We'll let you hear from former Jazz man Ricky Rubio, so stay tuned for that right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Ninety-six, ninety-five is your final. The Jazz moved to three and one on the young NBA season with a win over the Phoenix Suns. Your Jazz game night post game show brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. Let's take a look at your Master of the Glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Here for another year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Not surprisingly, tonight's Master of the Glass won Rudy Gobert. 18 total rebounds, 16 on the defensive end to go on uh, along with his 15 points and 11 of 12 from the line. Uh, and his, his normal dominant defensive performance, Benny, was plus 13 in the plus-minus tonight. I thought this was Rudy's best game. He hasn't played a bad game so far this season by any means, but I thought that this was his best. Again, just... Hard to watch because it was so stop and start, but Rudy doing that much damage, 11 of 12 from the free throw line, and fouled Aaron Baines out of the game, where Aaron Baines I thought was a difference maker because of his toughness. He fouled him out of the game, and that was a big switch because when they went to Frank Kaminsky late, Kaminsky had that horrible foul on Boyan Bogdanovich on the, the layup that put the Jazz up three, even though the Suns tied it up with the three on the, ne- on the other side, uh, and then had a turnover late in the game where he threw the ball off of Rudy Gobert's leg. So uh, getting uh, Baines out of the game pretty unquestionably won the game down the stretch for the Jazz, and that was all Rudy Gobert rolling hard off of those picks and, and making sure that, that Baines had a tough time. And, and Rudy Gobert, yeah, it's just not a night that I think you're necessarily going to remember because we've seen him have crazy scoring outputs where he dunks eight times in a game and catches alley-oops, but doing exactly what you need to, and you're right, plus 13 in a game that was decided by one point that was that ugly is is rem- remarkable, but it's why you have to actually watch Rudy Gobert play basketball to understand his greatness. And he played 36 minutes. Yeah. I mean, so it means that uh, they had a tough night when Rudy was not on the floor, that's for sure. But it, there was a point there, you know, third, fourth quarter, Ben, where, where Phoenix was was switching Mike Conley onto the big, and it was it was extremely effective. But then we saw at one point Rudy Gobert get switched onto Ricky Rubio and played him locked down one-on-one yep. Yep. and absolutely shut him down. It, Rudy is amazing. How many centers that are of his size – and you know he gets labeled as a rim protector, yeah. but how many get how many players like him get switched onto a point guard and just lock them down on a, in a one on one situation? That's a great point, Jake. Because if you look at what the arguments are in the NBA about who's the best defensive player, a lot of guys will say, "Well, I think it's Kawhi or I think it's Draymond because they can guard one through five positions." And and Rudy doesn't do that. Are, are you sure he doesn't? Like, yeah, he doesn't attack the pick and roll like those guys do because right. he drops back because he's so good defensively at the rim. But yeah, with the exception of, of course, two years ago in the playoffs where where Steph Curry put him in the spin cycle, which he's going to do to everybody because Steph Curry at that point was one of the best offensive players we've ever seen. 
he, he's just about as good as anybody you can. I mean, he forces horrendous shots from guys on the three-point line who think, well, my best chance is to probably just try and beat him deep when I've got two or three feet of space. But we've seen it several times this season already where he's been switched onto a guard late in the clock or late in the game and forced him into bad shots. He did it against Oklahoma City in the first game, forcing a terrible, we, we talked about this, a terrible corner three from Chris Paul. Right. Just awful. And it was at a point when the game was very much undecided. And that's just Gobert having clutch individual one-on-one matchups where he should be at a disadvantage, and, and, and he's not. He's just that good of a defensive player. Speaking of Ricky Rubio, uh, he did have some foul trouble tonight, but, uh, Ben, he was uh, two assists away from a triple-double. Yeah. He had 10 points and four of nine shooting. He had uh, 10 rebounds and eight assists. So, you know, not, I, I guess, the most efficient scoring night from uh, Ricky Rubio, certainly, but that uh, pretty nice all-around performance from him. His season so far, 10 points, 10 assists, seven rebounds a game. So he's been a true stat stuffer. He is throwing his name in that conversation of those triple-double guards, Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons, that are a threat to go out and do it any night. Uh, he's only been shooting like 25% from the floor so far this season. So actually, four of nine, the Suns would take that every trip out yeah. there if they can get it from him. But th- they needed that really desperately. Their point guard rotation was unquestionably the worst in the in the league last year. I mean, they were playing... Tyler Eulis and, and Elia Kobo. I mean, guy, I, I don't know where those guys are anymore in the <laughs> league, and they were starting games for them yeah. last year. So Rubio's a huge upgrade, and, and it's good to see him have a place. I mean, if you don't root for Ricky Rubio, yeah. you're going to have a hard time rooting for anybody because he is absolutely the salt of the earth. Well, and if if you didn't see the TV broadcast, I mean, the entire Jazz team, or who who's left from last year, went over and greeted him and, and gave him a big hug after, after the game was over. So let's go ahead and hear from Ricky Rubio. Here's what he had to say after the game. Moments get together and, uh, and really play with passion, but... Um, the only difference about not making the playoff or making it is winning these kind of games. So I know we're young, we're learning, but uh, we're going to close out. Um, we got two turnovers in a row in crunch time. <coughs> Started with me, and uh, we got to figure that, that out. Um, it's early in the season. We know that we had to get together and uh, learn from that, but um, I like the way we're playing. I like how we're being aggressive, and, uh, and uh, things will work out. Very, you were clamoring to get the officials to look at at the time um, after that last foul. Just what was the explanation that you got as far as why they didn't or why they kept it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a referee, so I know I don't know all the rules, (laughs) but I think the last two minutes you can check, uh, especially if the time ran off. That I think it did. I don't know. I haven't watched the game yet Uh, again, and he was just. Not really saying me an answer, but uh, uh, things happen. We didn't lose because of that. But, of course, at the end of the game, you want to have the whole possibilities to really have a chance to win. And I think a couple of three, point three, point four seconds will have helped us a lot at the end. But um, it didn't happen. How do you feel out there tonight? Uh, a little rusty. Uh, it's been... Uh, two days trying to get my knee ready and uh, felt good but uh, of course I need to get back in shape uh, that's why I was in, in the weight room and uh, keep going it's a long season it's only week one and uh, we have to be better Coach has talked a lot about you know defending aggressively but also learning when not to foul he's like hey I'm okay with that happening a few times that's going to happen naturally but where are you guys in that process of just kind of towing that line I suppose well there's a lot of things going on right now a really young team uh, uh 
not a lot of respect and uh, we gotta gain it uh, it's it's not given it's earned it and uh, we just gotta do that uh, of course different new rules that I think everybody's trying to figure out even the referees and uh, we just have to be smart we know how to uh, learn from mistakes and I think we did pretty good uh, from Denver and came back and played against the Clippers and same thing is going to happen tonight I know um, when the other team is not scoring but we put them like 40 times at the free throw line uh, they feel comfortable so we just have to be more smart there you go. That was Ricky Rubio, and I don't know if he got a, a quick workout in after He's the labored. game or something. laboring to get that out. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I don't know what's going on with with Ricky, but uh, what, what was that um, the miracle the movie where they're doing uh, wind sprints on the ice after the game? I don't know. If doing they got suicides, in, yeah. <laughs> got into that a little bit afterwards or, or what, but uh, but there's Ricky, and you know he, he said something that could apply to the Jazz. I know he... He wants to lead this Suns team to the playoffs, but he said if you're going to make the playoffs, games like this are critical, where they're they're right there, and the Jazz ended up finding a way to grit it out. And we've it's kind of been a theme of the post game, Ben. But it's important, you know, not necessarily how they got this win tonight, but just that they're three and one, where it counts on your record as opposed to two and two, and it's just critical they win games like this. With the games you've got coming up twice with the Clippers in the next three games. Yeah, having this win already under your belt to start the week. I mean, honestly, if you're realistic, you look at this week and you say, if you can split it and go 2-2, two and two, you're probably happy. And if you can go 3-1, and one, you're in great shape. And you're not going to go 3-1 and one if you lose that first game uh, to the Suns because you're not going to beat the Clippers twice, most likely, right. even if you can beat the Kings on Friday night. So coming out there and getting that first one and setting yourself up to really have success where you can go 2-2 two and two this week and, and emerge out of this you know kind of tough first week of the season where or first two weeks of the season where Mike Conley has just not found his footing in Utah yet and was 0-7 tonight. Uh, th- that's a huge start, and, and Rubio's exactly right. These are the games that put teams in the playoffs, and and when you win tough games like this that every team runs into, and they're really toss-ups, they're 50-50, and you found a way to, to grit it out and grind it out and, and get the W, that's, that's just a huge victory for the Jazz, and it, the Suns are going to learn a good lesson tonight about what that takes and about what that toughness is, and, and the Jazz have it. And the, Jake, I mean, I, you've been covering these games. You've been doing post-game shows for a long time. How many games of this have you covered where the Jazz were on the wrong side of this? I mean, there was oh, four tons. years where the Jazz were fighting to make the playoffs and trying to get back there with Gordon Hayward as the guy and just couldn't kind of get over that hump and late games in the season, losing games like that that are just heartbreakers. And the Jazz are winning those games now, and that right. that's the process. I mean, we've talked the process to death in the NBA, and that's what you have to go through. But Rudy's there, Boyan's there, Donovan's there, Conley will get there with this Jazz team, and and, and they're going to be really good. To your point, uh, the year before they broke through and made the playoffs with Gordon Hayward where they missed it by like one game where the crowd ticked off Darren Williams and Dallas somehow miraculously eliminated the Jazz from the playoffs. Uh, I remember that game obviously most vividly, but that whole season was filled with games like this where they could not break through and come out on top. And so to, to your point, these are games you've got you've got to learn to win and you've got to win them because as David said I mean they they count the same yep they, they count the same as a as an upset victory over whomever. Uh, Anthony on Twitter, and you can always tweet us at Jake Scott Zone at Ben uh, Ben's Hoop, excuse me at AP Lizer. He says, uh, I think it's easy to be annoyed by barely beating Phoenix, but it's a resilient win, and I will admit that Phoenix is a much better roster than I realized. Overall, a good win for a tough opening week in a game where a lot went against the Jazz. 
A lot did. A lot a lot went against the Jazz, and Phoenix wasn't going away. That's a good sign for the future of Phoenix, by the way. There's a little really bit of good. a spark on that roster. And Devin Booker, maybe with a little veteran leadership from a guy like Rudy Gobert and a new coach who's got a new voice in his ear, maybe he can uh, mature a little bit. I was talking to Coach Chiesa off the air about this the other day and uh, talking about his kind of overall attitude and uh, whether he had a little knuckleheadedness in there because yeah. that's one of uh, Coach Chiesa's favorite sayings. And Coach, Coach kind of said, no, not really. He just needs to mature. He's got to he's got to grow up a little bit. Maybe there's a situation where he can. Ben, we talked about this. Um, maybe it was last show we did together a couple shows ago. But the West, I mean, the only team that really right now doesn't have any promise this particular season is really Memphis. And even they have John Morant, which is yeah. he looks like a nice piece going forward in the future. But, I mean, Sacramento, I know they look terrible right now. I still like some of the young pieces that uh, that they have. We saw Oklahoma City with Shea Gilgis-Alexander yeah. the other night. He's got a lot, of, uh, a lot of potential. There's potential on this Phoenix roster. Dallas, I think, makes the playoffs. Jazz have made the playoffs. I, I think you're right. I, I think Chris Stapps and, and uh, having Luka Doncic there, and actually the local guy, Delon Wright, was, he's been great. I mean, he's just exactly what they needed to be a defensive pit bull in Dallas. But uh, going out and signing Kelly Oubre, whose game has really matured a lot, and you just have to get – he had to get out of Washington. That There's just too many personalities in that Washington locker room for him to flourish. And he might be a personality of his own. He came to, to Salt Lake when he was doing his workout and said he thought he projected to be somewhere between James Harden and Kobe Bryant, which I love yeah. the confidence, but that might be hard next to John Wall and some of the guys they had there in, in Washington. But going to Phoenix with his defensive mindset, and he got a bunch of steals tonight, uh, at least could get out and transition for him. And then going out and getting Aaron Baines was really big, because you just need that guy. And, and Rubio's a tough defensive player. Sure. I know I know. sometimes we attribute European players to not being as good defensively, and that's just a bad old stereotype that's, that's not even remotely true anymore. Uh, getting those guys puts you over the edge, and putting those guys who are going to do the right play over the cool play just matters so much. And, and, and Having having those players is going to be good for Phoenix. They're going to win thirty five games this year. Like I, if you put over yeah. and under thirty five, mm-hmm. it'd be a hard bet for me to take the under. It would be hard for me to do that. Quick, just basketball note because you brought up the Wizards. Why on earth did Bradley Beal sign an extension there? Yeah, that was weird. Because I mean, it's hard to say no to money, uh, and it's a lot of it's money. It's a lot of money. So that's the answer. I mean, I'm asking you a question that that is the answer. But that franchise is poison right now, and with John Wall's contract, I mean. They're in they're in salary cap purgatory for yeah. a while because of that. I mean, Bradley Beal must care nothing about winning whatsoever. And got dealt a tough blow where, because John Wall's doctor didn't rule him out to June 15th, which is the true end of the season, they weren't able to get the disabled player exception to sign another player, and it would have saved them like $7 million. <laughs> they lost that because the doctor you know, put the wrong date on the paper, essentially. That's what the organization has to go up to John Wall's doctor and say, says June 15th. You put June 16th. That's when he can come back. We need that money, and we need that extra spot to sign a player, and they didn't do it. So Unbelievable. Maybe there's some hope he comes back this season, but Achilles tears. I mean, you get to rush him back on a team that's probably going to have 20 wins by the time he's ready to come back in February. I was going to say, you want him to, to miss the right. entire let year. let him take the year yeah, off. Let, let, him... the, let the insurance pay for that contract. And especially a guy who relies so much on his speed and athleticism. I mean, it is, by that... all means, take the whole season. Bad organizations are bad everywhere. Right. From top to bottom. They just are. And you know what? Phoenix has traditionally kind of had that uh, th- that reputation. Good for them to start to pull out of it. Maybe that's a, a sign of, of James Jones as their GM and Monty Williams as the head coach. Well, maybe maybe Sarver has learned the error. Of course, the owner of the Suns has learned kind of the error of his ways and is going to stay out of it, which hmm, we'll see. 
But fool me five times, shame on you. I mean, but think about the Wizards. Have they been well run since I don't know Michael Adams and the Bullets days? Because even even when they had a glimmer of hope with like Gilbert Arenas, like how that evaporated because of locker room issues and in one of their guys went to jail for murder. (laughs) (laughs) They got in a gunfight on an airplane. Like it was the Wild West in the East. Unbelievable. I mean, just, you know, we've talked about bad franchises in the NBA over the years. Washington doesn't get brought up nearly enough. Yeah. Nearly we, we, enough. Yeah, we hammer the Sacramento Kings and the Orlando Magics of the world. Right. Washington is, is competing with them as well as anybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, your final, the Jazz with the win over the Suns tonight, 96-95. Coming up on the other side, uh, we'll find out what Ben wrote about tonight. We'll also put the final touches on this one. Looking forward to Wednesday night against the Clippers. Jazz game night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Stolen by Mitchell. Outlet Bogdanovich. Going to the rim. Fouled and finishes. Boyan Bogdanovich in the open court. Here's your call of the night from David Locke right there. The Jazz beat the Suns tonight, 96-95. Jazz game night, postgame show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports. Let's take a look at your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 30 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three, 10 of 31, 32.3% from three. Uh, Bo, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, four of eight. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, three of eight. Joe Ingles struggled from three tonight, Ben. He was uh, one of five. Jeff Green, one of one. Uh, Royce O'Neal, one of four tonight. Mike Conley, 0 for three. And Mike, you know, foul trouble did not do him many favors, Ben, but he he struggled once again tonight. And had some open looks. I mean, the fourth he quarter did. had a huge wide open look that you felt, okay, this, this has got to go in. And you could kind of tell right as it came off his hand that it was going to be long. And he just... One of the things that, that worked so well against Sacramento was being able to keep him on the floor for nine minutes to start the game. We talked about it in, in pregame, Jake. And then Quinn didn't even have that option because he got two fouls so quickly in this game. You had to pull him out just a couple of minutes in. And then he picked up his third foul really quickly in the second quarter and then did it again, got his fourth foul 17 seconds into the third quarter uh, on the play that Quinn Snyder challenged and, and it didn't get overturned. So he just absolutely never had a chance to be on the floor for nine straight minutes. And it, at that point, it doesn't matter if you put him in late in the game. It's hard to expect him to come in when everyone else has played. 25, 30 minutes to expect him to find a way to get up to speed. That was just, that's that's tough and that's more bad breaks than it is bad Mike Conley. Funny story that I probably should not share, but considering it's, 11.59, 11.59, why not? Do you want to wait 58 uh, seconds? No, no, I think okay. we'll be all right. But uh, but after the, our halftime show, yeah. I, I decided to take a little little time out, had to go use the facilities, uh-huh. came came back in, and I'm telling you, there had to be maybe two minutes gone in the in the second half, and I see Emmanuel Moutier out there, and I look at you, Ben, and I said, what happened? He said, oh, it fell 17 seconds into the, into yep. the second half, and, yep. he, and he's on the bench. I said, oh, Oh, well, that didn't take long, did it? Yeah. That was just a tough night for him. Tough I mean, night. And and coming at such a bad time, where, where he's been coming off of two bad games and then kind of got it going in, in the third game. And you thought, okay, this is a great night for him with some momentum. Where Ricky uh, Rubio's a good player, but but is the type of player who, who we've seen point guards have good games against. And, and I thought maybe Conley would keep that momentum going and certainly would have loved to have kept it going. Because Wednesday night, Patrick Beverly's going to be hounding him for oh, man. 94 feet and 35 minutes of the 48. That's It doesn't get any easier. No. In fact, it gets significantly more difficult. Um, of course, follow Ben on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. And uh, Ben, for all the Jazz games, or I'm 
significantly almost yeah. all. I'm not going to speak for you. I'm not going to put you on to 82 Don't stories, but uh, for the most part, uh, Ben's going to be writing about all these jazz games. Check out his work, kslsports.com. And I actually think you've got an interesting angle tonight. Uh, how about this? The Jazz have held four straight teams. Only player in the league, the only team in the league to do it so far. Four straight teams. They've held them under 100 points so far this season. Uh, they've got by far the best defensive ranking. They're under 92. The next closest is 97. That's the Orlando Magic. The Jazz last held four straight teams to open the season under the century mark in 2008. It's been mm. 11 years. This is uncommon. And, and the Jazz have been great defensively right. basically throughout that stretch. They, they've generally had top 15, and for the last you know decade, it seems like they've had top 5 to top 10 defenses. So holding four straight teams under 100 points in this NBA when the regular is 113, 118, 119 points a night, for the Jazz to do that, I mean, there's just no question that this defense is just as good as it was last year. And I think, Jake, you and I are both confident that Mike Conley, I mean, even if Mike Conley gets to average, not even as good as he was last year, but if he gets back to being an average point guard, which he will, with Boyan Bogdanovich and with what Joe Ingles can do, and of course how good Donovan and Rudy always are, this team's going to be really good offensively as well. And you might have a team that's top five offensively and defensively, and, and those are those are finals teams. Those are Western Conference finals teams. So this start to the Jazz is, is, is somewhat historic. You don't see it a whole lot. And we were worried. Yeah. Rightfully so. They were giving up 119 <laughs> points a game in the preseason. So uh, pretty remarkable. All right, Ben, hit us with a couple of final thoughts before we uh, put this baby to, be- uh, to bed. Toughness of Boyan Bogdanovich is significantly better than I thought it was going to be when the mm-hmm. Jazz signed him. And, and and toughness in a sense that he's not just durable, and he is. He's playing through this ankle injury. But his toughness on the floor and his resilience, and you just cannot rattle him. It doesn't matter if he misses three threes in a row. He's going to get that next one, and he's going to look to shoot, even if a defender's close. And that type of belief in yourself and belief in the offense is contagious, and it's going to spread to the rest of the players. And too often last year, Donovan Mitchell had to do it all and had to carry loads and had to score 40 or take over 12-minute quarters, which is a lot even for the best players in history to do. If Donovan can take over for four possessions and then Boyan can carry two or three just to give Donovan a break to not have to run 94 feet to catch the ball, you're going to see that pay dividends. So Boyan Bogdanovich's toughness was uh, the star of the night for me. All right, we want to say big thanks to Locke and Boone uh, doing their normal terrific work. Thanks to all the broadcast uh, assistants who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thank you, Ben. Terrific work as usual. And make sure to catch Ben's uh, work at kslsports.com. Uh, next broadcast, the Clippers on Wednesday, nationally televised game. Pre-game is going to be at 7, tip off a little bit after 8. And Ben, you're going to be back with me on Wednesday as well. Can't wait. We can't wait as they, indeed. Uh, we'll talk to you then on Jazz Game Night right here on the Jazz Radio Network.